Welcome back, New Jersey football fans, to my Hats Off podcast here at D2 Sports Network. Studio B, a lot of comments today, a lot of people in today. I know everybody is, uh, we've, we've had baseball on the mind, but now we're pivoting straight to football. I do want to say the Phillies obviously came up short last night against the Astros. Six games, series, it goes to Houston, the World Series champions, and rightfully so. Um, you know, but the Phillies, I'm, I'm grateful for what they did to bring baseball back to the forefront a little bit, Rod, uh, when we look at all the sports in the city, the fever that, that came over everybody was, uh, it was pretty cool. Rod self as always producing, joining, um, you know, it was a good run, Rod. Yeah, it was a good one. It was a good one. I mean, coming from where they came from I don't think any of us really expected World Series so I mean you want to win it but we have to look back it was a, it was a good ride man I enjoyed it definitely enjoyed it it was a great ride um Phillies fall short but we're gonna rep them one last day here on hats off podcast for this year now there's more important things to touch on and that is New Jersey football playoffs yes uh, we had a lot of upsets a lot of close games, interesting games. We'll be joined by um, a couple people who were a part of one of those upsets that made South Jersey mighty proud on Friday night. In the second segment, we'll bring on Willingburg coach Steve Everett, his star receiver, defensive back, Kamad Rice, um, as Willingburg, as the four seed, goes to Point Pleasant Borough in Group 2, Central Jersey Group 2, and puts up Half a hundred. Again, put up half a hundred every week now. Yes, sir. You got fantasy, you know, put the Willingboro offensive uh, star players in your fantasy lineups the last couple of weeks. You would have come away with some wins. Um, Kamada, three touchdown catches. And we're excited to talk to them. We talked to them a little bit before the show here on, on what a big win it was and how good things feel right now if you have a W on the side of your helmet. There were a lot of other things, Rod. I saw Seneca on Friday night. How was uh, that? They beat Highland. I tell you, it was an interesting game. They beat Highland by one. Mm-hmm. It was, I, I mean, I think that uh, there's a lot of folks in, in Tartan Plaid that are uh, not pleased necessarily with uh, a couple of the laundry issues on the field. I heard. But Seneca... I got to give credit to Coach Fisher and company and Colin Walsh. My hat was off to him on Friday night as the kid comes in as a backup with star quarterback Braden Davis injured his AC joint in the game. In comes Colin Walsh, makes a couple incredible plays. The funniest thing, Rob, was the first snap he came in, they threw a halfback pass, and Zach Furon threw an interception. Wow. And so after the game, we talked to Zach, who also had an 88-yard touchdown run. He's a great player for, for the Golden Eagles. And he said it was a duck. He took full responsibility. But the best part was he kind of had to apologize to Colin, who is his cousin. Mm. So now went from Braden Davis to Colin Walsh's own cousin in the backfield there with him. And they found a way to make it happen. Colin Walsh threw a touchdown pass to uh, Kyle Stickle. That proved to be, you know, the extra point proved to be the game-winning point, and Seneca moves on. 
I know I know you saw Camden throw a 25 nothing shutout against Cedar Creek. That's who Seneca plays next. Yeah, Camden is uh they're rolling. And one thing I'll say is um pretty much their defense uh kind of controls the game. I mean, you had uh Kid Bush had two interceptions, one for a touchdown, pick six. Um that defensive line was relentless. I mean, they just were they they just were punishing the quarterback. I yeah. mean, um as a quarterback especially in a passing style offense that Cedar Creek has, you know, it, it's it's a one, two, three, ball's got to be out. And if it's not out, you're getting you're either getting sacked or you're getting hit in the face while you're throwing it. it it's, it's a tough matchup. But this Seneca-Camden game will be interesting because of the style of offense that Seneca has. They're yeah. not a traditional drop-back pass-type That's team. Right. They want to run the ball down your throat. So it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. Well, I'll say this. Uh, there are a lot of people in Tabernacle interested in, in what Braden Davis's uh, diagnosis is and if he's going to be able to play. And the kind of the – it seemed like afterwards everybody was confident that if there's any likelihood he can play, he will and, and play well. And uh, what a player he is. And, and we've talked about him and Zach Furon this season. They really are incredible high school football players, the two of them. Um, it was a great atmosphere at Seneca. It was just, just a really, really great game. The game I saw on Saturday, Rod, was not a great game. I mean, this was Woodbury and Shore. And, I mean, <laughs> Woodbury, it, it was – there were some people who commented to me last week they didn't think it was fair that Shore had to kick off at 10.30 a.m., Woodbury start time. Why? You know, you got to get up early. Like like Max said, he likes to be there two hours ahead of time. So with that and the travel, you really got to take a hike. I'm not saying that is fair, but what really wasn't fair was the fact they had to play Woodbury at all because they they were um, – <clears throat> Woodbury is a great team. I mean, right. they, they really are a tremendous team. There are a number of, you know – teams in other groups across the state that Woodbury would beat. Right. Um, but it was not even, it was not really, I said in my story, it wasn't even a competitive game. I mean, it was 45 to eight. I think uh, Woodbury had at least three or four touchdowns from more than 50 or 60 yards. Um, Brian Johnson threw eight, completed eight of 12 passes for 221 and three touchdowns. The backups were, it was running clock the whole second half. Okay. And we have mentioned this before um, ad nauseum almost on these shows from, from the beginning, even last year, we talked about this potential state championship and, and the playoffs as we go forward. South Jersey Group 1 or Central Jersey Group 1, whatever these teams, like, you know, Woodbury, uh, Paulsboro, Salem, um, these teams – they could, they could just call that conference uh, 295 South. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's they're just so good and big and fast and physical that it's – Shore is probably a traditionally – and I know they are. They have a number of – I saw them beat Palmyra one year in the championship, the Central Jersey championship. <clears throat> they're a good group one team. But they – but it's a different animal. And you got to think, like, is it, can there be another classification? Because – you know, you almost felt bad for sure because they're a good football team, you know, but they're giving up 
size, speed. I mean, it was it was a that game was a testament to how good that uh, division is. That SEC West, a Group One, we call it. That's what we always say, but. I mean, for sure, whoever is complaining about the start time, listen, you get the first seed, you set the, the time. That's I right. Mean, well, that's that, true. That's a part of home field advantage, right? Some people don't want to go and play night games in certain areas. You know, you win, you can set the time for whatever time right. you want. So I, I don't want to hear them complaining. But the other part of it is yeah. when we talk about group one, I think South Jersey, I, I'll say south of, south of Trenton is from, from Trenton down. Mm-hmm. Right. And especially when you're coming down south, 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 when you're talking about the, the, the Salem's, the, the Penns Groves, yeah. the, the Woods Towns and all those teams, they're so close and they play each other week in, week out. That's that that is probably why they're good. I yeah. mean, it's another game that oh, we saw is. yesterday that a team that everybody was questioning if they're good or not, but they're playing legit contenders week in, week out. You're going to have a losing record or you're going to have a, a, a 500 type record. Yeah. It, none of that matters once the playoffs start. Coach Reagan at Woodbury said yesterday he felt like when the bracket came out, they were a little bit upset that as the one seed, they were going to have to play Pensgrove because Pensgrove only had, I think, two wins. Right. But if Pensgrove had played some of the schedules or the teams of the other teams in there, um, they would have had six or seven. They wouldn't be an eight seed. Either way, Woodbury took care of business then, took care of business last week. Um, you know, Coach Everett, they they won that bowl game uh, in Group 1 with a similar type of offensive effort that they've been putting up here in the playoffs. Um, and that team, and I'm sure Coach Everett would say the same, could have beat a lot of teams in different groups. It didn't matter. I mean, I mean that team was not – I mean, that was an incredible football team with incredible town, and, and they were group one group then, one. they're group two now. So funny story. Well, it's not funny, but it's funny to yeah. me now that I'm looking back on it, right? So, you you know, my son played at Timber Creek, and they went down in Scribbins, Willenboro that year, uh, that they won it all. So after that, I go on live, and I tell people, hey, Willenboro could beat anybody. <laughs> I'm yeah. telling you, they're, ah, y'all just saying that because, you know, they, they, they beat up on you guys, and I'm sitting here telling them, listen, they have legit dudes. I mean, we're looking at Demi at NC State. We're looking at Chris Long yesterday making a, a great catch uh, on a quick slant, breaking two tackles, getting positive yards. So they had legit dudes. It doesn't matter the size when we talk about if teams right. can play or not. Sometimes you get a good group of kids, those kids develop, and you're able to play any and <laughs> anybody, any, any place, anywhere. So those teams – like he has, he has another one now. But we're, when we're talking about Woodbury, their offense has been clicking for three years. Yeah. Right. So those kids have taken their lumps. They lost last year. They got they got you know beat up pretty bad when they faced that selling team. So they come back another year, older, stronger, and a little bit faster. So it's going to be interesting to see how those guys uh, handle the, the rest of the playoffs. Yeah, and they are going to play Maple Shade in the final. And I, I don't know if – I have a feeling, but I don't know this exactly. I have a feeling the state probably mandates certain start times for these sectional final games. I mean, I don't know if they can play 1030 or if, if those Saturday games have to be noon. Hold on, this, I, this coming up week? Yeah. Oh, man. we <laughs> Lucky I ain't the coach. We start at 930. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, that's I'm just joking. <laughs> Maple Shade. And, uh, you know, Maple Shade now against Woodbury, they've become like magnetically charged. They have to find each other. This is the fourth time they've played in two years. Right. Um, they played in the first round last year. They played in the opener last year. Woodbury won big. They played in the first round of the playoffs. Maple Shade gave them all they could handle as an eight seed. Mm -hmm. This year they opened up the first week of the season. Um, Woodbury had their way, and now they will play in the playoffs. Oliver, Anthony, all our guys in here. Derek, Derek says it is at 1030. Okay, so 1030 a.m. on Saturday. That's right from Woodbury. And Derek, his son Duran, got the hat yesterday. Well-deserved defensive Congrats. effort was stout. Um, and Maple Shade, shout out to them, too, to go down to Asbury and beat the two-seeded uh, Bishops 27-18. to 18. The other big upset of the weekend, I, I don't know how huge you would say it is, but Paulsboro beats Woodstown on Friday night, and Coach Kevin Harvey has righted the ship 15-6. to six. Um, The Raiders are right there at the end. As you say, you know, the dust clears, and you look across the field, usually – in Group One, there's a team wearing red with a giant P on the side of the helmet, and they're going to go down to Salem, who beat Glassboro 42-22. Um, two other teams are magnetically charged. It's just got to be Paulsburg and Salem, doesn't it? <laughs> right. Seems that way. It, it, it can't be a, uh, a a better matchup this weekend than that one. That's 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 going to be that that's a backyard brawl. You know, they had a dog pound down there in the, oh, yeah. in the end zone to sell them. So, oh, yeah. it's, it's going to be a dog fight between those two teams. Group one ensured that in in those Central Jersey, South Jersey brackets, because of who we saw move on, those four teams, Woodbury, Maple Shade, Paulsboro, and Salem, it ensured that traditional South Jersey teams, I, I initially said West Jersey League, that's not – that was not that had already been clinched, but traditional mm -hmm. South Jersey teams from the seven county area, we are guaranteed to have at least one in the first public round of state championships in the state because one of those four teams will be in the state championship. Right, that's pretty awesome. Um, you know, if you look in in Group Two, um, the one side of the bracket is the Shore Conference with Raritan and Rums and Fairhaven. The other side is traditional South Jersey with Willingboro and Glosser. But let me let me let me. You just talked about Group Two, right? Um, yeah. Just real quick, you said Rumson, and what was the other? The second Raritan. team, Raritan, and then yeah, we saw Raritan. They run that uh, that like Army Wing T. They're pretty good. They're pretty good. Mm -hmm. And then on the other side, you have Willembro Gloucester. So these are teams who they've been in the in the thick of it. I yeah. mean, Gloucester's been knocking on the doorstep for the last couple of years, but. They're there now. I mean, this is a team like it, it, it's really to me. I kind of look back to the youth programs mm -hmm. and I believe Willenboro, Gloucester. I know from here, those teams have won, you know, championships in youth leagues. Mm -hmm. So that just shows the development. Those kids are kind of staying together. They're moving up the ranks and they're playing with each other. And it makes it tough for other teams when you have that camaraderie of teams that have been together that long. Group five has two traditional South Jersey teams left. One in the short, one from the shore in Toms River North. Kingsway and Lenape are the two group fives from South Jersey. Edison, I think, is the big central. Um, and then group four and group three have three of the final four teams are South Jersey teams. Mm -hmm. And in group 
four, you have Mainland, Millville, and Hamilton. And in three, you have Seneca, Camden, and Delcy. And I hope Well Valley was that other team that's in the West Jersey League, but they're not uh, a considered right? a traditional yeah. South Jersey team. There, there were a lot of upsets this week. I want to give a shout-out. We're going to shout-out up north. Our guy, Coach Ab, who uh, is an assistant at West Orange, friend yes. of the program. West Orange went on the road as a six-seed one. And they are headed to uh, Peaburg for the Group 5 sectional final up north. And uh, not only that, but Coach Ab is such a football junkie. Yeah, he is. And, and he, I think we're slowly converting him to South Jersey massive fan. He, The 10.30 start time was not too early for him because he drove from all the way up to the t- tippy top of North Jersey down and uh, watch the first three quarters of the Woodbury game yesterday in person. See, what does that tell you? I don't want to hear nobody complain about the start yeah. time. Wake up, man. Come on. Then he went to Hillside and watched that game. Yeah, that so, Hillside game. Yeah. Football junkie. Um, also, non-pubs. Shout out to St. Augustine winning 45 nothing over St. John Vianney in the first round. They will, ho- they will go to play Don Bosco, the top seed in non-public. Um, I guess it's A- a and B. Paul to six fell short of St. Joe Montville. And St. Joe, Coach Sacco's final season as head coach of the Wildcats continues. 17 to nothing. They beat Immaculate Conception at Buna. So that St. Joe game got moved up. Um, I think the rest of that bracket plays next week. Mm-hmm. Holy Spirit hosts St. Thomas Aquinas. Biggest upsets of the week. I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. I think. <laughs> I think you got to go with the Gloucester Lions. I do not think. Um, As the biggest? I, th- I think Gloucester beating Haddonfield in the way that they did. You know, Paulsboro and Woodstown. Look, it's Paulsboro. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, and you know, every year that that was That's a coin toss in the playoffs. Yeah. But I think, and Willingboro, and, we'll, and we'll talk to Coach Everett here in a minute. I think we, that, ex- I think a lot of people here expected Willingboro to, if not win, fight it all the way down in the end. I mean, as good as they've been playing, so we're not that surprised. While some elsewhere in the state might have been, but Gloucester meeting Haddonfield, this Haddonfield team, I, th- I think a lot of us thought um, would be there, and for Gloucester to win that game. On a blocked field goal, running in to uh, win fourteen to thirteen, I think that is the one. I know Bear's in here. Bear always has his picks for every. I don't think Bear <laughs> picked that. I can go back and look. Um, I, I can tell you, he didn't pick. I, that. Yeah, I don't think he, he didn't did. pick that at all. So uh, a huge shout out to Coach Brian and the Lions um, for continuing to win. And we thought well, Stafford. Well, we'll say fourteen nothing, and we had a field. Okay, well. 14 to 13 and one of the coaches even sh- even pointed out that you know there was there was someone from D2 Sports Network there but there were not any reporters there really right because uh a lot of folks decided to go elsewhere and they and a lot of them wished that they had been there yeah. to see that game I think what it is uh with the Lions <clears throat> is definitely a upset um and they've kind of been the quiet the quiet team out of the group one, right? Yeah. Um, I think a uh, group two, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with Sharky leaving, I don't think people really right. been paying them a lot of attention. And then they, they 
they go into Haddonfield. And like you said, Haddonfield played Camden tough. They played – they beat up on some other teams. So, I, I, I could tell you I wasn't – I wasn't sold that they would uh, – they would win, but I was kind of I was kind of eyeing that game. That's why we made sure we at least had some somebody there taking pictures and videos. I felt it would be a good game, but I didn't. I, I'm not going to sit here and lie like I had the Lions winning. I didn't. But hey, they proved everybody wrong, and that's what you do in the playoffs when you get your shot. A couple other impressive games that I want to give a quick shout out to. Kingsway beat Cherokee forty-one to fourteen last on Friday. Yeah. Atlantic City took lineup beat right down the wire, lost twenty-one to twenty. How about here's another one, Hamilton, that has just had nightmare after nightmare against Shawnee in the playoffs, and they get over that. They went twenty-seven to sixteen, and you might say they're the top seed. Tell you right now, you ask around South Jersey, a lot of people thought Shawnee would do what they have done. And credit to Hamilton, Kenny Smith, Coach Rasso, um, Presley on the line, those guys stepping up and saying, the buck stops here. We are not losing to Shawnee. They didn't, and then they forced a fumble late. Um, big, big win for Hamilton. And also Mapleshade going down to Asbury, winning by nine. Um, there was a lot of good action this weekend, and and all across the state, sectional semifinal weekend in pubs is always uh, awesome because there's you know the championship it's all pared down right. There's ten games this weekend to decide a sectional champ in South and Central Jersey, and those games, you know, they're gonna all gonna have reporters. They're all gonna have a lot of eyes on them. They're gonna have a lot of townspeople there that maybe didn't show up for the semifinals or maybe didn't take the road trip for the semifinals. But they're pulling out their, their letter jackets and they're showing up. Blowing them off. And, and they should. And it's a big deal. But semifinals, you always see a little bit of craziness, like Jabril Mace running a Hail Mary 40-some yards. I call it a Hail Mary. It was just handed off to Jabril Mace. That is a Hail Mary. You know, Bo Jackson, Tecmo bowling his way around everybody on Long Branch. As the Mustangs win 34 to 20. Um, a lot of great stuff happened this weekend. A lot of good games. One of the best for South Jersey, Willingboro winning 50 to 30 at Point Pleasant Borough, the top seed undefeated team in Central Jersey Group Two. We will be right back with Coach Everett and his star, Kamab Rice, right after this. Stay tuned. Joe McColgan, Nick Strom, and John Darty have been part of a lot of wins in South Jersey football. They won on the field. Let them win for you in the game of real estate. With over $200 million in real estate transactions between the three of them and over 30 years of real estate experience, they're servicing anywhere in South Jersey, from the Philadelphia Bridges all the way to the Cape May Lighthouse. With one of South Jersey's fastest-growing teams, $29.5 million alone in real estate sales in 2021 and 22. First time home buyers, seller consultations, relocations, rentals, downsizing. Or if you're not quite sure how to get started in the process of real estate, give them a call for a free consultation at 609 314 9862. That's South Jersey Elite. 
They won on the field. Let them win for you in the game of real estate. We're back with my Hats Off podcast. Welcome back as we recap a wild sectional final, sectional semifinal weekend in South Jersey and Central Jersey. No team this playoff run has uh, coalesced offensively the way that Willingboro has. They scored 45 points the last week of the regular season against Burlington Township, I think it was. They scored 52 in the first round, a 4-5 matchup to beat New Prov, 52-7. They went to Point Pleasant Borough and won big on Friday night, 50-30, to in a game that those who haven't seen Willingboro over the years are seeing the guys they have lining up and no Coach Everett. They might have been double-checking their phones to see is that score really right, 50 to 30? That's definitely what I did. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, hold on, they, they rolling. 50. I looked at it, it was 34 <laughs> to 17, I think, and then I thought, okay, I feel like Willingboro is going to get this. And then at the end, I saw it was 50. I thought, well, they put a couple extra in there for, for good measure. Yeah. Uh, we are joined by Coach Everett and Kamal Rice. Guys, welcome. Good morning, good morning. Thank you for, for joining us. us. Thanks for having us. Now, first off, we talked about before the game, or before the show, the game that was. First, I want to start with you, Kamad. You Tell us what happened last year in this game. You guys lost, I think, 32-8, to eight, mm-hmm. and there was a play that happened to you that you, I think you had in the front of your mind Friday night. What was that? Last year... Early in the game, I had dropped a pass, a touchdown pass. It could have been my first of my career. And, you know, ever since then, it's just been like, this is this is a game I've been waiting for for the past year because that that drop really did something to me that nobody could imagine. So when I went out there Friday, I was super locked in the whole game. We was up 34-17, and my mindset was it was still 0-0. Until the, until the clock hit zero, we're going to play like we're still desperate, like we still have something to lose. And we did that, and we ended up winning. I scored three touchdowns, and it felt good because obviously last year I had dropped the pass. So the way I played, I felt like it just satisfied me because I knew that I I finally got my get back. Yeah, you came full circle, Coach. Yeah. You, you mentioned that too. And what does come on? Here's, this, here's your senior captain. Guy goes out all off season, working for this moment, working for a lot of moments, but this one specifically goes back a special memory for him. What can you say about his leadership on this team and the way that he's worked at things in the off season? Well, he definitely was one of our leaders um, in in this off season, and you know it, it, it's funny like you mentioned Chris earlier. You know Chris had dubbed him the one that was going to replace him a couple years ago. And I was like, well, you know, we're, we're, we're going to see. We'll see. Um, but, no, I, I mean, Kamai just worked really, really hard in the offseason um, in the weight room. Um, more importantly, he's been working his tail off in the classroom, um, trying to set up himself for the future. And, you know, it, it was it's nice seeing him mature into the player that he's become. Um, more importantly, I think it's nice seeing him mature into the young man that he's become. But, you know, Friday night, we needed big plays. Actually, all season we've needed big plays, um, and and he's made them day in and day out for us. So it it, it was it, it was nice. It, it was really good to see. 
All right, so you said Jason Harris, right, comes back in the lineup, scores twice. Uh, Derek Bryant, Derek Fryer running the ball, wearing well for you. Of course, Lamar Best is the freshman phenom quarterback, five touchdowns. But, Coach, you said there was a key play in the beginning of that game on the first drive on fourth and short where, where it was your defense that stepped up and made a statement that set a tone for the rest of the game. Tell us what happened. Um, so, you know, Point Pleasant being Point Pleasant, they uh, won the opening toss and they, they, they elected to receive. Uh -huh. And we were like, okay, well, here we go. We got to go stop triple. Um, <laughs> and, and they were moving the ball. They were having, they were having some success. Um, they were moving the ball. It was fourth and, fourth and three from the three. Um, and um, one of our another senior, another senior linebacker that has really worked his tail off this year, Yama Kligbo. Um, hole opened up, and it was Yama in the fullback. And Yama went and met him, I mean, and stood him straight up. Then the rest of the defense just rallied around. The helmet went flying, but and we held him. You know, they they didn't get the first down. They didn't get in the end zone. Um, and I mean, it was huge. I mean, it just it just kind of let us know. That we could that we could definitely stop this team. So, um, big shout out to our defense and our defensive coordinator Carl Spellman, who, you know, week in and week out puts us in a in a great position. But you know, I think that was probably Yama's best play of his high school career. Kamal, what did it being out there, the lift you got from that fourth down stop as a team, as a player? What what's going through your mind when you see their stop short there? And the way this team plays, the way we know this team played, that was a huge turning point of the game. That was our, our momentum right there. Getting that stop on, at the two-yard line and then driving down the field, Derek Bryant having a big run, mm -hmm. and then me capping it off with the touchdown. It was just, I think that really sparked like our momentum and that was probably the biggest play of the game, in my opinion. Coach, to the rest of the – I mean, to score 50 points in a game is not easy. To do it in a playoff game is almost unheard of. You've done it back-to-back -back weeks. And we talked before the show about the way your team has come together. You said a typical Willingboro team, right? <laughs> start slow and then start sprinting to the finish line like Carl Lewis. So what exactly have you seen over the past three or four weeks with this offense that really has made it click in the gear? Um, first, our offensive line has gotten healthy. We lost – we, we were probably down three offensive linemen after the first or second week of the season. So we've been getting them back one by one. There was a point in time where we had two freshman linemen um, going for us. Um, and those guys have gotten healthy. So they, they've come back. And our freshman quarterback stopped throwing the ball to the other team. Um, <laughs> you know, I know he's probably watching and, and, you know, he's rolling his eyes at me right now. But... You know, I you oh, know I, I love Lamar and 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 he knows I love him and we 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 have that talk. You know, I'm always going to be on his side. Mm -hmm. But you know, he he hasn't turned the ball over in three weeks, um, and and you know our running backs aren't fumbling the ball and our guys are just they've grown up. You know, right. when when we had a super young team coming in and nobody cares that we're young. We're Willingboro. Right. You know, everybody right. expects. You know, all right, you got to go out and win. Um, but sometimes it just doesn't work that way. And we 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 were leaning on a lot of young guys, a lot of first-year starters, and we, and we had to deal with the injury bug like never before this year. Um, so we're getting healthy. Our young guys, that playing time has helped them. So now that they're, they're regulars in our rotation, they, they understand how we need to play. Um, and then our offensive coordinator, you know, I call him the, the, the mad genius. Um, you know, he, he's found ways to get our guys the ball, 
Um, even their replacements, you know, we, we had our backup quarterback become one of our starting receivers, a kid named Sean Taylor. You know, he stepped up. You know, he's ended up, you know, I think he has 15 or 17 catches on wow. the year. Um, so it, it was just a matter of, you know, us weathering the storm. And, and you know, a typical Willenboro schedule, you know, we play nothing but heavy hitters. Yeah. It's not like, you know, one team that we played this year didn't make the playoffs. Right. Um, so, you know, we had to weather that storm. And, you know, we just had to learn. And, and now we're trusting one another. We believe in one another. Um, the kids are, are leaning on one another. And, and you know, things are, things are going pretty well right now. I mean, I, I have two questions. Yeah, um, the, fir the first question, the comment section wants to know, no suit today? You're not, you're not coming. <laughs> <laughs> I was not required to wear the suit today. Um, you know, I mean, I guess I could have. I could have went to church early and then, then been here with that. But right. yeah, no, no suit today. Okay. My, my, my other question is, you talk about the transition. You, nobody cares. Work harder. That's kind of the saying that, you know, we, we typically say. But you, you've had to transition. I haven't seen a team that has lost so much um, from your championship run to where you guys are today. Um, you, you, you know, your quarterback, you didn't have that transition year where you, you have a, a young running back that's coming up with the older guys. So to have a, a freshman quarterback, to have the young mix with the older guys, seeing you lose a close game to Woodrow Wilson at home late in the game, seeing you guys lose a late one to Pensalkin, how did that help you guys when, when it, we're talking about playoff runs, right? How did that help you guys get ready for the playoff run? Well, to, to be honest, the last few years with our schedule, yeah. um, we we always get a very difficult schedule. And so, you know, we've kind of learned, like, let's, 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 let's get through our schedule. Let's manage our schedule. Mm -hmm. Because we know that once we get out of it, we're going to be, you know, I hate to use the word battle because it's not a war, but – we're battle tested, mm -hmm. um, and and you know, going into the playoffs, we saw our first Group Two team in the playoffs. Right. You know, so it, you know we see a team that looks like us and that has kids going both ways like us. So, um, you know, it's 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 weathering that storm. It's it's, you know, we we have a formula. You know, mm -hmm. we 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 practice the same way. We lift the same way during the season. You know, we try not to change things up. We try not to panic. Right. You know, even sitting at one and five, you know, it was, look, we're young. We're leaning, we're leaning on four and five freshmen. We have a freshman quarterback. We got some, some first year starters. So we know that our formula works. You know, I've got a, I've got a great assistant coaching crew. Mm -hmm. And I mean, those guys, they work so hard. And so, you know, they're teaching our kids. They don't, they don't ever let up mm -hmm. and, and day in and day out. It's just, let's go to work. Um, and losing those close games let us know, like, all right, we're not bad. Yeah, we lost, but, you know, you lose to St. Joe's 14-7. You lose to, to Woodrow Wilson 14-12 or whatever it was. Lose to Penn Salkin when we're trying to get the first down and close the right. game out. We're doing all the right things. So, you know, it was just a matter of let's, let's, let's clean it up. Let's tighten it up. Right. You know, let, let's, let's find ways that our, our, our young guys can't hurt us. And so, you know, we try to limit their mistakes. And so – now we're, we, we've limited their mistakes, and, and they understand that the mistakes that they can't make, and now we, we've kind of put it together a little bit. Here's my last question. Um, when it comes to offensive lines, you know, typically everybody looks at the, the, the private schools having the best offensive linemen, but you guys have had year after year some really good offensive linemen. Watching you guys this year, it, I'm going back to that Pensalkin game. You guys lost that game. 
But the adjustment that you guys made at halftime was to come out and we're going to run the ball, we're going to punch them in the mouth, and we're, we're getting back to Burrow-type football. What has been the key piece for you guys to continue that tradition of the offensive line kind of mauling guys? Oh, it, I mean, that it, goes back years and years and years. The magician. Our, our offensive <laughs> okay. line coach, I call him the magician, um, Coach Rich Williams. He was actually assistant coach of the year a couple years ago. Um, we, I actually, when I do my practice plan, the first person that I look at is him. What do you need tomorrow? And, and you know, he, we kind of set our entire practice around our bigs. Um, and, and whatever he needs in order to get done what we need to get done. You know, it's funny you mentioned the Pensalkin game. When we had that 90-yard drive at Pensalkin, you know, we had a freshman guard who didn't go and even practice with the first unit until Thursday. Wow. Um, and, you know, because we had a kid get hurt in practice, and so we were like, okay, well, next one up. Um, but we leave it on the magician. You know, um, Coach, Coach Rich Williams is, is that guy. Um, and, you know, he works our guys tirelessly um, so that when we get to this time of the year, we know that we can lean on our run game. Um, and and that's, that, that, that's the secret. That's the secret sauce right okay. there, the magician. All right. <laughs> Kamal, when you, as a team leader, I mean, we talk about everything the coaches do. They do a great job making sure everything sticks together. But as a team leader, you lose that game to Pensalkin in a game that, to a man, everyone with truth serum would say, you guys sh- should have won the game. I mean, you had the ball to put it away, and there's a fumble, Pensalka runs it in. It's a heartbreaking way to lose a game that you came back, and you're down 19 nothing at halftime, right? So coaches could say, guys, we're, we're close, or, or we're good. We're, we're going to hang in there. But as a leader on the team, how do you make sure the guys don't think, man, we just can't win, or, or you know, we're snake bitten, or why'd you fumble the ball? You know, I mean, how do you guys, as a leadership on the team, make sure everybody is bought in, or is this group just already already bought in? Well, you know, at halftime, a lot of things were said, motivational things were said, inspiration things were said. So we came out and we played hard, and so at the end of the game, obviously, you know, unfortunately, we had a fumble at the uh-huh. end, which cost us the game. But we didn't knock our teammate. We picked them up. And we just, like, after that after that game, I feel like we were just a, a brand-new team. I felt like after we did that, down 19-0, 28 points and a half, it was like it really woke us up. It was like, wow, we, can really, we could really be something. Mm-hmm. So ever since then, it's just been like we just always had that. We was down 19-0, and I've been telling my teammates ever since, we're going to keep playing. Like that Penn Stalking game, every 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 game, I we zero zero. No matter what the score is, we keep pushing, we keep fighting until the clock is zero. And I think that really helped us. So seeing is believing the offense with that second half. I mean, if you if you go through and and look at it, look at it in terms of halves even or, or quarters. I mean, if you take away that first half, 28 in the second half is pretty good. And ever since then, like you said, things have been coming together. Offensive line, running the ball, passing the ball. Mm-hmm. Lamar holding on, you know, taking care of the football. We see Jalen Hurts do that. With the, it's one of the reasons the Eagles are so yeah. good. He doesn't throw interceptions. Yeah. That's That matters. If Coach McLeary would say, you know, if you don't turn it over, every possession ends in a kick, you're in a good spot. Um, but next up is Gloucester, Coach. I know you've watched a little bit of film. What do you – what do you see in the Lions as his, as his opponent for the sectional final? And, um, you know, just 
How excited are you for this opportunity? Extremely excited. Yeah. Well, first and foremost, you know, um, you know, when you're sitting at one to five, you don't expect to, you don't necessarily expect to to, to get back to a final, and you know, and this makes four straight fours, mm -hmm. um, and so you never want to you. You don't want to take those things for granted because you, you know you just it, it, it's special being here, you know, I, and 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 it's one of the reasons why I came home to Willingboro, you know, to 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 kind of get us back to where I thought that we could be. Um, but Gloucester, they're tough, and and you know I know Gloucester from my days of when I was coaching at Clayton, um, and Coach Leon Harris was there, and they're 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 going to be tough. They they are tough, physical kids, and. Um, you know, one, three, and five, you feel like I'm counting with my son, the odd numbers, <laughs> um, are, are, are really talented kids, you know, especially number five. He lines up in a lot of different places. Um, you know, he's on their defense. He's returning kicks. Um, then, you know, you look on their offensive side of the ball, and, and they got the nice long receiver, number eight, mm -hmm. that they like to throw the ball up to. Um, they're really good on their fronts. You know, they're, they're – they do a lot of things similar to us there where they're running counter, they're running power. So they have some linemen that can move. And then, you know, 22 and I think 44, are, they, they, they're just big physical kids. Um, so, you know, we got our work cut out for us, but, you know, by no stretch of the imagination, am I, am I overlooking them because we beat Point Pleasantboro or any of that kind of stuff? You know, I know what it is to be that underdog and I know that they're going to be hungry. Um, you know, I'm not a big social media person, but I did happen to scroll through and I think one of their kids posted something like, why not us? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so I know they're going to be excited. They got home field advantage. They got a beautiful field. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not what that field looked like when I was coaching at Clayton <laughs> a few years ago. That's gorgeous. Um, so, you know, we're, I mean, we're excited about the, about the next challenge. But, you know, our motto has been one more. Yeah. You know, one more gets you one more week. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, so I, I like us. I always like us. Um, and if we can go out there and, and play well, then you know we're we're going to have a pretty good shot. But I know that, that it's going to be an electric atmosphere. Yeah. Um, Gloucester has always gotten behind their kids, um, and like, again, they're 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 going to be tough, hard news hard news kids. They're not backing down from anybody. Um, so you know it should be a, a really good high school football game. Kamal, what would it mean to you, real quick? What would it mean to you to win the championship this year? Everything, everything. Yeah, I fell short last year. Be, going out my senior year with a ring. It's just something every every football player wants. So the fact that I had the opportunity to do that with some of my closest friends, my best friends, my teammates, you know, it's just – but at the end of the day, we're just going to treat it as another game. And we're going to keep playing how we was playing these past four or five weeks and keep doing what we got to do. And we're going to practice hard. We're going to play hard. And then at the end of the day, we're going – we're going to get this ring. Coach Steve Everett, senior, captain, receiver, defensive back, Kamal Rice, thank you guys for joining us. Best of luck next week. It's going to be an electric atmosphere as Willingboro, the four seed, heads to the three seed, Gloucester in the Central Jersey Group 2 sectional final. You know, if you if you get that one, remember, state championship this year. So, yeah. But let me tell you this, too. This – this guy didn't wear a suit. He, he's not going to say this, but he knows I don't wear a suit here. I don't wear a shirt and tie here. And he's always standing me up on the sideline. He's the only guy who does fashion-wise. So thank you, Coach Everett, for not doing it again today. I'll start wearing a hat. <laughs> <laughs> I can start wearing a hat. <laughs> uh, we appreciate you guys joining us. Good luck.
Congratulations on making the sectional final, and uh, best of luck next week. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. You got it. All right, we're going to take a quick break, come back with some parting shots as we look ahead to sectional final weekend. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with my Hats Off podcast. Joe McColgan, Nick Strom, and John Darty have been part of a lot of wins in South Jersey football. They won on the field. Let them win for you in the game of real estate. With over $200 million in real estate transactions between the three of them and over 30 years of real estate experience, they're servicing anywhere in South Jersey, from the Philadelphia Bridges all the way to the Cape May Lighthouse. With one of South Jersey's fastest-growing teams, $29.5 million alone in real estate sales in 2021 and 22. First-time home buyers, seller consultations, relocations, rentals, downsizing. Or if you're not quite sure how to get started in the process of real estate, give them a call for a free consultation at 609-314-9862. That's South Jersey Elite. They won on the field. Let them win for you in the game of real estate. We're back. We give a big thank you to uh, Willingboro, Coach Everett, and Kamad for joining us. And Kamad, man, what a great kid. You talk about a guy who you want that guy as your senior captain. I mean, he has it. He has it just going on. He, I was thinking, you know what? When he came in here earlier, I wasn't sure how much we were going to hear from him. But he spoke truth in that message, man. And very, and very clear. Very yes, clear. absolutely, man. Great kid. Oliver, I know you You and Reem are glued to the sets. Willingboro, it's always good to see you guys in here. We've had some good – you know, the, the first time we had Coach Everett in here um, was in a uh, conference room, and Coach Everett – we were in a situation where we, were, we didn't have studio space like we do here at Beautiful Studio B now. Right. At the time, we were in a conference room in an office building, and the the table was about as wide as the room was. Mm-hmm. And we, we used to do this show down at the end of a table, and uh, we had Coach Everett on when they were playing Pensgrove, I think. Mm-hmm. So we had to, like, everybody had to, like, adjust to get – Everybody in the shot. We were crammed in there. This, we have a lot more space. It's a good time. It's good to see Coach Everett. Coach Everett does so much for uh, his team and South Jersey football as a whole. He's involved in a number of groups. I know from being president of the Touchdown Club, when we send out invites for our banquets and who we want to recognize, the first person we hear from is always Coach Everett in about two seconds. And that means a great deal to us and, and to the Willingburg community. So thank you, Coach Everett, for all you do. Uh, they have Glosser. Um, I wanted to mention a story, Rod, and, and you know, this, I'll try to keep it as, as short as I can, but what Kamad said was, really rang true to me because I remember uh, when I was working in Virginia, we had a team that I covered, and back then I only had to cover one county, one area, so just those teams. And the team went and played in its first ever state semifinal game. They lost uh, to James Monroe out of Fredericksburg, Virginia. JM beat them on a a last gasp Hail Mary pass. Ended up about 
this far from one of the receivers' fingertips. It would have won the game. They lost on that play. The next season rolled around, and that receiver was the quarterback because he was the best option they had, and he worked as hard as he could. And like Coach said, you know, hey, young quarterback, his coach was frustrated with the turnovers too. And through the year, this guy got better and better and better. And eventually, the team made the state semifinals. Right. And it was a Saturday afternoon. They played at James Monroe, Maury Stadium in the middle of Fredericksburg, Virginia. And uh, what an atmosphere it was. And this team was up by 10 points. They lost the lead and went to overtime in triple overtime. James Monroe had the ball first and scored. Team I covered, Kettle Run High School, had the ball down by a touchdown. Fourth and goal, triple overtime. Quarterback rolled out. It was a run pass, not a run pass option now, but, you know, he, he had the option to either throw to the fullback in the flat, tight end in the back corner, or run it. Simple play, rolls out. This guy who had done so much for that team after coming up just short, mm-hmm. he rolls out. He dives for the pylon. And he's about this short. Came over. Season over. Career over. That's tough. A lot of times when, you know, now when a team loses, cover both teams, right? So Seneca Highland, for example. Okay, Seneca won the game. I interviewed Seneca, a couple players at Highland. Really just talked to Coach Leary because the kids are, you know, inconsolable. Yeah. Very rarely do you talk to the kids after loss, but when you only cover one team in the game, you have to. Mm-hmm. And so we talked to Carlos Vegerano was his name. We talked to Carlos, and it's hard to say anything to him. Just what do you think? And he, and he said, I mean, I could almost hear it coming out of Kavan there. He said, you work all, I've worked all offseason, changed positions. I've worked all offseason. Extra hours with one thing in mind. I was not going to come up short, and that was not going to happen again. And it did. Mm-hmm. And it just goes to show that how much past experiences play into how a team comes together through a season, how a player matures as a person, not just a player. And people in in life, right? We learn from our mistakes or learn from our close calls and want to be the one that takes it the next step. There's a lot of Phillies fans this morning are hoping next year the Phillies take that next step. They use this experience. But as we know, that doesn't always happen. Sometimes you're not right. Sometimes you catch three touchdowns where you dropped one last year. Right. And sometimes you're Carlos Vegerano and you might come up short again. But the growth and the experience is a massive part of sports. It's a massive part of life. That's something that always stuck with me. I'll never forget that kid said that. It, it, oh, man. I, it's, it's hard as being a dad who's a sports dad not know what you're talking about and not have a situation off that. And yeah, these kids remember things. 
right? And I always say sometimes the coaches, especially on a youth level, like we're way out of control. You know what I mean? On a youth yeah. level. We take it way more serious than them because after the game, they're over there playing pickup and run, hide and go seek. They're, right. they're at the concession stand. Like they could care less, right? <laughs> but when they mature and get to high school, um, things start to stick with them. So if you remember, um, Timmer Creek played, uh, I believe it was, I want to say it was Delcy. It was the Delcy year when Delcy uh, beat, beat Timmer Creek and yeah. Aiden Burgett came back and won, and I'm in a car. And I say to my son, I'm like, yo, how do you feel? Because he, he was a freshman. He didn't play much. And he was like, he looked at me and was like, we'll be back next year. Right? Uh-huh. So I'm like, yo, dude, championships and, and uh, winning is not something that's just not going guaranteed. to happen. It's not guaranteed. So he went throughout, you know, his whole high school career and never got back to that point. Came one game away, one play away mm-hmm. from beating Rumson and, and going on to face Woodrow Wilson that year. So they came up short on a fourth down play like you're just talking about. But this weekend, in college, he was able to – they won the any 10 championship. Uh-huh. And the call – Congratulations. Yeah, it's huge, right? Uh-huh. I mean, not everybody that goes to college gets to experience that type of winning on that level. Right. And he says to me, he's like, Dad, he's like, I finally got it. Uh-huh. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He was like, I understand what you were saying. And in so many words – I finally did it. I finally got what I've been chasing for four to five years of my career from high school. So, like, those things that he was talking about, Rice was talking about, they stick with you. You know, you drop a pass, you you fumble in a game, you know, certain plays that that just change the course of a season. And for Willenboro, I don't think it was one particular play for the team. It was – so that halftime, yeah. I broadcast that game, and I remember saying they went in that halftime, they made a major adjustment, and they came out with the mentality that we're just going to punch you in the mouth, and they've con- they've continued to do that week in, week out, and that's been the game that they lost. They came up short in, fumbling the ball, and Pensalkin goes on to win. That play, that moment was that coming up too short, but they're finally pushing through and they got to the, you know, sectional, final championship, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, and and when you look at their schedule this season, like he said, I mean, Iron Sharpens Iron. You Ramapo in the first game, they lost by uh, four touchdowns. Ramapo is playing in the in a group four mm-hmm. sectional final this weekend. Uh, they were at Timber Creek. They lost 22-8. to eight. They beat Del Ram 31 nothing. Then they lose to St. Joe, who's still playing 14-7. to seven. Camden East side, they lose 14-12. to 12. And then Pensalkin, 31-28, um, with 28 points in the second half, and they lose a heartbreaker. But then, you know, 28 points in that second half, and then 34 against Nottingham, 42 against Burlington Township. I think I said 45 earlier. It should have been 42. New Providence, 52. Point Pleasant Brook, 50. So um, they really – thank you. Thank you, Slime U. <laughs> Coach, as I said, Coach Everett's the only other guy who, who outdrips me on the sideline, and thankfully he didn't do that today. But thank Listen, you so man, much. Co- Coach Everett's a, a goat when it comes to dressing, man. He was out there in that 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 one game. It was pouring. His suit was just oh, – it, it, was, it was bad. 
It was bad. But Willingboro is on upswing, man. And, yeah. and when we look at this now, let's let's get down to brass tacks, folks, and we'll talk about this Wednesday night live at 7 p.m. on the South Jersey Football Frenzy Show with Coach Mack. South Jersey has another great opportunity this weekend. Look forward and say there is only one bracket out of the 10 South Central sectional brackets. There's only one that cannot have a, a champion from the West Jersey Football League, seven-county South Jersey area. Only one, and that is South Jersey Group 2. Raritan will play Rumson. Right. The short conferences guarantee one. All the rest, like we said, Group 1, they'll all be from South Jersey. Group 3, Delcy plays hosts Hopewell Valley. Seneca hosts Camden. So one of those we know will be. Seneca or Camden will be in. Willingboro plays Glosser in Group 2. So, Hamilton and Millville. We know there will be at least five of the participants in the state semifinals are from South Jersey. Five of ten, minimum, right? Got to recount this always, I'm not sure. Yes. Now, the other ones. Let's go through them real quick. South Jersey Group 3, Delcy hosts Hopeville Valley. Delcy's a, a heavy favorite there. They they rolled over Camden Eastside Friday night, 49-14. They were our number one team at the end of the year, end of the regular season. Middletown South hosts Mainland. Middletown South beat Winslow 24-10. Mainland also won by 14 points, beating Long Branch 34-20. Mainland's had a great year. One loss, Jabril Mace. Uh, Middletown South's a pretty good team. Mainland has to go on the road there. Middletown South is the one seed. Kingsway at Thomas River North. Uh, Thomas River North has had an unbelievable season. Michael Ford, a quarterback, has been amazing. They are the cream of the crop in terms of the public teams in the short conference, in my opinion, this year. Last year at this time, a team that uh, – Thomas River North brings a lot back off last year's team. Mm-hmm. Last year's team lost in the sectional finals at home. The team that beat them, Kingsway. Kingsway brings a lot back. Kingsway goes down there this year. Also, rolling right. right now. So, Kingsway, Toms River North, that's a big one. Lenape and Edison is the other one. So, Lenape beat AC by one. Edison, I think, got two onside kicks. I think two, at least one, to beat North Brunswick, 33-31. So, we'll see. There's a there's a possibility of nine at the max and five at the least. Five guaranteed, nine at the max. And then, of course, the state semifinals will be the next weekend at Cherokee. Right. So this weekend, see. this weekend historically has been the biggest week in South Jersey um, with game play, games played because we didn't have the extension yeah. of the playoffs, right. right, or the tournament or what they, whatever they yeah. call it. So this week is is the semifinals, and. If I'm coaching, I'm kind of telling telling my guys, hey, we're like Well, it's a state quarterfinal. State really. state quarterfinal. Yeah. Like we we're building to go to the championship. So like that one and oh mentality, like it, it's still more to be done after the, the following week, but we we have to win this one. This one is the the yeah. biggest one because it's going to put us on a, a, a bigger stage that nobody 
has been on to, to right. continue to get to the first ever state championship. So one and no mentality yeah. this week, but and I'm glad they did it the way they did it with the four sections and there'll be sectional championship trophies right. because if you do it and just say it's two sides of the state and you get a north and south north champion and a south central champion playing for a championship. If if you say it that way, then I think it makes it seem more like a not an exhibition game, but it makes it seem more like an extra game. And when you do state semifinals, it's like, even if it's the same in the brackets, you win a championship, okay, well, now you play. And if you win that one, you go to the championship. You know what I mean? Like, you don't get a trophy at Cherokee if you win that game. Right. You punch your ticket to Rutgers. Instead of if you get a trophy, the day you know what I mean? Then it's like, yeah, and coaches for the first time are going to have to juggle that where it's an emotional roller coaster. You win that sectional final in the past, it's like, yeah, we want to finish out with a win. But that next game has meant nothing, really. I mean, you get a trophy and you can say, well, we were sectional t- champs. Now, that game, the most important game of the season is the one that happens at Rutgers. At Rutgers. First weekend, that's or the whatever cha- yeah. weekend is yeah. at Rutgers. That, that's the most important game of the season. And you got to be that first state champion. The sectional finals are great, but that's just a stepping stone, right? You so got to keep that focus. That this whole your whole life, maybe mm-hmm. you've thought, man, if I can be a South Jersey champion, that's the goal. You grow up thinking that. Not anymore. Yeah, you you're not. The goal is to win a state championship. You're not. Nobody going- is gonna. You're not going to have 14 teams with state championships on the back of their jackets anymore. Exactly. It's, 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 it's boiled down to one group state champion. So, like, you know, you're, you're, I, I don't know. I, I, as a coach, I'm just thinking about how I would approach it. And for me, I think I would just approach it in the mindset of, I'm not telling my kids this is the championship because I don't want, right. it's two things that can happen, right? You, you you could have kids play out of their mind because it is the championship. With, and you could have it where kids freeze up because uh-huh. it's the championship. So for me, I'm telling my kids, listen, it's just another game, one and no mentality. We, we, we're not there yet. If we get to that point of it being the actual championship, then I'm telling them, hey, you know, this for all the marbles. Get your rest. We're going to do things. You know, we want to make sure that we're prepared. Uh-huh. But it's an emotional roller coaster when you're talking to your kid and you're telling them that this is the state championship. This right. is not the state championship this week. Like, it, it years before, like I said, this was the most important week because it was nothing else after this yeah. week, right? Yep. So the last two years, they've started playing each other, South Central champion. But now it means something. So... Well, it, it means something in the same way when you win the game in the Elite Eight in the NCAA basketball tournament. It means you're going to the Final, Final Four. Final Four, right. In but the it fu- don't mean – I mean, if you go back and say – now, some of you guys I know are are pretty sharp on this stuff. But if you go back and say, you know, who, who was in the 1996 Final Four? Mm-hmm. I don't – I mean, I know I, Kentucky I don't even won care. it. Right. Like, you know, well, who was in that – like <laughs> – 
I don't know who right. Kentucky pounded or beat in right. the semifinals. Who cares? Wichita State. I can't even that remember what year that was. That school has a banner that says they went. <laughs> right. But, you know, as time goes on, whatever. Who won it? Yeah. And when you say we won it. It, it just uh, it's, it's different. Deal. It's different. Now, also some of the motivation could be with some of those matchups where if you're Paulsboro or Salem and you're playing, if you happen to play Woodbury again, I don't think there's going to be a letdown. If you're, you know, if you're, if you're, uh, uh, Delcy and you're playing Camden. I don't, yeah. I'm not too yeah, but worried th- about that. Those are his- Kingsway Lenape. I'm not yeah. worried about that. Those are historical games. Yes. You don't need if, if you need yes. extra motivation for a Paulsboro Selim game, like you didn't you must have just moved into one of those towns. You're an outsider. That's right. Right? It's your first right. year there. You don't even really know. If you need a a a, a, a boost when we're talking Camden Delcy, like come on, man, what are we talking about here? That's right. You know th- those games are traditional games. We've seen Camden Delcy in the, in the state champ. Oh well, uh, in in the the, the semi <laughs> semifinals. Yeah. We got to reward this championship finals, all this stuff. But we've seen that game. We've seen those guys play. We know what it is historically for Delcy to play. You know teams out of the city of Camden. We yeah. know what it is for. Paul's Burl and 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 sell them to play. We know what it is for, you know. I mean, we're looking at Maple Shade and 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 Woodbury. Right. They played each other like four times in the last year. Right. Let alone, you know what I mean? Like so, so those don't need the extra motivation. But yeah, I'm, I'm definitely uh, tampering uh, the whole championship talk until we actually take that bus ride to to Rutgers. That's the championship. That's right. We're getting there. We're getting there. There are 40 teams left in public football in New Jersey. 40. Um, in non-pub A, there are eight. Mm-hmm. And in non-pub B, I think there are seven. Here's 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 a question that I have. Um, uh-huh. Just the feel of it, right? So they call it non-public. But is there a way to make us care a little bit more about the the non-pub playoff? Like I'm 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 just talking about the the buzz, the chatter that I don't really hear a lot of buzz and chatter. Is is it because teams don't expect us to win? Like in South Jersey area, what is it that we don't really even like the the non-pub playoffs like when they come, it's like, oh, they're here. And, and if our teams go, it's like, oh, they got a shot. You know, I, I think yeah. the, the the biggest support was a couple years ago when, when Augie's, when they went up to St. Peter's and played. I mean, yeah. but other than that, it's like when the playoffs comes, it's like we don't even really register that it's the non-pub playoff. or, well, or like it, it, you know, like last year, that semifinal, I think it was, maybe it was the quarterfinals, St. Augustine at home covered that game on Friday mm-hmm. night against um was that Bosco? I think it was Bosco. Um and that was a good game. But l- let me let me put it to you this way. Let's say this year let's take four teams. Paul to 6, St. Augustine, S- Holy Spirit and St. Joe. Okay, three of them mm-hmm. are still alive. I know Gloucester Catholic made it also at non-pub B. They're an eight seed. I mean, if you want to say five teams, okay. 
last week there were, oh, let's just say, okay, five teams. There are 14 South Jersey teams playing in public ball this year. I mean, this weekend. So, A, it's completely different from North Jersey. And B, this is all South Jersey teams playing South Jersey teams a lot of the times. Mm -hmm. Whereas, Holy Spirit is playing St. Thomas Aquinas. Or St. Joe's playing Immaculate Conception. Well, Rod, where's Immaculate Conception? I have no okay. idea. Right. <laughs> but that's what that's what I mean. Like, I mean, what? I what? Don't, I don't either. Okay, so, mm -hmm. but where's uh, Seneca? Uh, so, like, regionally in South Jersey, the numbers game of it becomes uh, becomes an issue. I think terms of there you have a pocket of schools that, mm -hmm. are, that are very good good programs we're rooting for them all the way in these playoffs but this is not North Jersey where they have eight schools or seven schools that control all the power they have all the money you know the the boosters whatever it's a big big deal bigger and bigger and bigger it's just different there's more numbers here in those small and to that point, Rod, that is the underlying factor of why state championships on a public level have been missed in South Jersey specifically because the only representation on a state level for a championship that South Jersey has had to this point is non-publics. Mm -hmm. And how many years have people said and I, I say this is maybe this isn't i'm painting with a broad brush but from a south jersey perspective thinking they think we can't play ball because we can't win the non-pub a championship right well guess what if salem played cedar grove if delcy played you know who like that's always been the thing right right it's not that way in basketball, where everybody across the state has respect for, you know, program, Camden High, program Woodbury, these programs that are Shawnee, Haddonfield. Instead, it's that opportunity to prove the strength of our football has not existed outside of the non-pubs. And that's what I think is important about this. For South Jersey, that's why people have been so excited for this and hoping for this since we started this show. Pleaded on this show, we need state championships for that reason. To say, all right, at Rutgers, let's see how many we can send and, and what type of show we could put on or, or where we measure up. Maybe we don't measure up across the board. Maybe one group we do win and four we don't. And where we need to get better to make football a better sport across the state. So, um, you know, I just think that's that's something that it's a numbers game and it's a regionally driven sport mm -hmm. at a high school level. And it's the beauty of this season. This is, this is huge coming down the stretch. I just was sitting there, you know, somebody asked me, um, 
I say, I mean, I'm saying somebody, but I was talking to one of my family members, and you know, they they're talking about the the state playoffs, but they're you know North Jersey, and they're pretty much just focused on the non-pub where us in South we're just focusing on pretty much the pubs. Like it's just a different, it's just different. Um, but just well, wanted, I just wanted to throw it out there. Maybe you know, just that conversation that that I think we do kind of overlook it a little bit in our area. You know what I mean? Like ho- hopefully the way that we have the state championships, it can kind of even a playing field with the support and things like that across the board. But just just a thought. Just a thought. Yeah, I, no, I think it's. I think it's entirely valid, and you're right. And it's during the season, it, it feels like when you're going to the bus stop with somebody who's going somewhere else, everybody's in the car or in the van that goes to the bus stop to the Greyhound station. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, that's the regular season. We're all riding together. The rankings, the stat, the for all South Jersey, all this stuff, blah, 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 the schedules. Then we get to the bus station, like, okay, Holy Spirit, St. Joe, St. Augustine, good luck. We're rooting for you. We're all going this way to the public playoffs. I understand that. Right. And, and it's difficult. Um, so we'll see. We'll see, man. I've got, I've, you know, we want those teams to bring home the ship. Mm-hmm. It's South Jersey. It's uh, something that. You know, we really hope can happen at some point. But we'll see, Rod. We will see. We got a big show on Wednesday night. Huge. Big show. Coach Mack will be here. We have those non-pub playoff games to preview as well as the sectional finals. Uh, we will do in-depth previews on all the South Central sectional finals as we get ready to hand out some hardware next weekend. Mm-hmm. 7 p.m. right here, wherever you're watching or listening to this, you'll be able to find it. South Jersey Football Frenzy Show, presented by South Jersey Glory Days. Thank you, Sully, for the platform. Um, hats off to all you out there. Hats off to playoff season. Hats off to you, Rod, here at Studio B, D2 Sports Network. Before we get out, we started something last week yeah. with the questions. Yeah. So I had a question. Yeah, go ahead. My question is, we, we see the uh, the lottery is is one point six billion. Is it right? The draw tonight. I, it was last night, I believe. I don't know. I didn't check my tickets. But here's my question: If you were to win the lottery, what would be the first thing that you would purchase? And in, in in the comments section, you guys can put it in the comments. What would be the first thing that you would buy? We're not talking about getting a lawyer and doing this. And do, what is the first thing that you? We talking about one point six billion. What would be the first thing that you would buy? That's a, that's a hard. That's a lot of Jordans. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, that's the first thing I was thinking about was Jordans. <laughs> first thing you would buy one point six million. You 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 didn't think about. I I, I, I think it'd probably be a Rolex. You probably buy, is it is it going to be bust down or just plain Jane? I'm not going off the wall, mm-hmm. but I think that's what I'm gonna. I think that's what I'd do. 
your, your, so your first purchase when that when it hits that account is going to be a Rolex. Yeah. Then to Dwayne's point, I, I would I would donate. You know, I, I would <laughs> do all said. those things. But the first thing I'd buy might be a Rolex or maybe like um, I don't know, man. That's tough. That's what I'm saying. It, I, I mean, you, you're at Wawa, you're getting your coffee, and then you get that notification that it finally hit, right? Bling, it's it's there. Yeah, Kevin's I mean, right. Maybe retiring. You can't buy retirement though. <laughs> I know Kevin's a tricked out RV, <laughs> plane tickets, Lavar like that. I like that. I, I'm telling you, my first thing I would purchase would would be I, I'm I'm going right to uh, FC Kerback. I'm buying me a nice car, calling my wife, and and you know, putting the kids on the plane. But we're 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 out of here. I have my family meet them, but we're we're out of here. You probably wouldn't see me ever ever again. You know, I might call the South Jersey Elite Realty Group. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I might say, yeah. Mr. McColgan, Mr. Strom, Mr. Doherty, what what do you have in a six million dollar home? With I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. Interesting question. Yeah, I'm out of here. S- six million, that's a new Who's going to produce the show? That's a new identity, but I don't know. <laughs> it won't be me, 1.6. I might come back at some point in time, but. Well, I hope you don't listen. win during the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be up the creek without a paddle if that yeah. happens. Nah, we'll, we'll be good. We'll be good. But that that was one thing I was thinking about on the couch when uh when I was looking at the tickets. I'm like. What's the first thing that we would do if we hit that one point six million? I think that's so much money that it's hard to even think about things that you would do or could. I mean, of course, there's a lot of things that you could do. You can build a business, create your, you know, if you you're like us, right? We get one point six million. That'd take the whole sports network to a whole nother level. Now we're thinking, you know, nationally instead of locally, right? So, well, there are things like that, but that I- first purchase. Yeah, I would think outside of the purchase, the biggest challenge with that much money is living like you don't have that much money. Not, I'm not saying don't buy stuff, but I'm saying like not changing who you are or stuff because of that. Like, it's a high percentage of, of those winners that have gone broke. Because you, yeah, and you would be surprised at I think if you were able to pie chart your own life which nobody can really do but you would be surprised at how much gratification you get from hard work yes having regular things to do all that stuff where if you retire or you go to a beach somewhere yeah i mean you're living pretty but after a couple months or something you're like i need something this is who i am i i'm i'm a worker i'm yeah i mean you know i I love that we see a lot of guys retire and they're still doing some type of uh side job on the side so yeah. to be I, I mean at my age in in my early 40s that, that's a you know that's that's a lot of wasted time if i'm not doing something but I, i'll have some type of uh investments and things like that to kind of keep me going if i was to win 1.6 but yeah. at the end of the day you're right you're right you you to retire and not do nothing and you're in your early 50s and stuff like that like you probably are going to the resort, get some, you know, open up some type of business just to keep you going. Yeah. Especially if you if you've really been that hustle grind type of mentality yeah. person, you're definitely uh 
you'll be bored after I'll give it three months, three, four months. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think so. But I always know what time it is with my Rolex. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. Mark said a Roly. <laughs> First thing. Um, all right. We'll see you guys on Wednesday night. A lot of comments, a lot of people, a lot of excitement. This is the best time of the year, folks. We love it. Thank you for tuning in. Share it out to your friends. For Rod, myself, here from Studio B, for Bart Simpson, I just want to say my hat's off to you. Yes, sir. Hats off to the Phillies. Great run. I hope by now everybody changed their clocks back because it threw me off. I went right back to sleep, but hopefully by now they, they changed their clocks. All right, guys. Thanks for watching. Daylight savings time is on, and so is playoff football sectional final weekend. Begin the clock. We'll see you guys on Wednesday night to preview all the games. Thanks.